1: JJ I also want to thank my listeners from around the globe never ever give up hope is now heard in over 70 different countries and it is the message of hope that the world needs and wants to hear you know, it doesn't matter what your ethnic background is. It doesn't matter what your financial position is. It doesn't matter what your educational background is. We all have problems. There isn't a person on this planet that is immune to problems. Everyone has problems. And all of us at some point need to hear the message that there is hope in every situation that we could possibly be going through. This is what I love about my guests. I've interviewed now over a hundred different guests and each and every one of them has a different message, but it's the same message. And that is one of hope and one of encouragement. Many of my guests have written books and give coping skills and tips to help us to gain hope in our lives. There are many aspects of the show that appeal to so many different people, and I thank my listeners from all over, from all phases of life, as I mentioned. It's just wonderful to have you all here. And when you leave your reviews and and, and, uh, you're subscribed to the show, it just makes it that much better, and it's going to grow that much more, and it is sincerely appreciated. Every one of my guests brings that message of hope, and with me today is no exception. He is a very special man. For many reasons. Ben, was one of, ben Amos was one of the first people that I interviewed on Never Ever Give Up Hope when we started this show last fall. And after his interview, I remember sitting at my desk and I spent a long time just staring at the wall and pondering what Ben had shared. He really touched me as I know he touched many listeners I am honored to call him friend because we have maintained a relationship over the, as I do with many of my guests. And that's what's so exciting about this show, too, is that it goes forward and I get to meet some incredible people. Ben's story will leave you speechless and motivated, just like it did me. And I encourage you to listen to the first interview when, we, when he shared his story in depth. When he was two years old, he was run over by a drunk driver. And among many injuries, he suffered a popped lung, broken bones, ruptured spleen, and multiple surgeries as a result. I've interviewed many people from all walks of life. And Ben is one of those people who left a lasting impression on me. And he will leave a lasting impression on you. You must listen to his phenomenal story of hope and tenacity and even more importantly, forgiveness. And he shares a lot of this, of course, in his memoir, which we'll talk a little bit about today as well. For years, he had seizures as a result of the brain damage that he got from the accident, and he became an object of kids who bullied him for fun, because sometimes that's what kids do. But he overcame that ridicule. He overcame a lot of things in his life. And he is now today a living, walking miracle. He's also a successful businessman who has been involved in the arts, dance, music, and theater. And he's served in a variety of ministerial capacities as well. Ben's book is entitled How to Break Free from Depression, Fear, and Anxiety in 30 Days Using Ancient Secrets. This is also now a YouTube series that we'll be talking about in a little bit. Welcome, Ben, my dear friend.
2: Hi. Wow, that's pretty awesome introduction.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a pretty awesome person, so there you go. <laughs> it's so nice to have you back, Ben. And I And I know that over the last few months, people have emailed me and said how much they appreciated your book, and also your interview, of course, and that I have connected them to your YouTube series, which I found very impressed. I don't impress easy, Ben, just so you know. And I was very impressed. It's clear, it's concise, and it, you punch it out in five minutes. Like, that's awesome.
2: Well, you know, I found out that the attention span of people, it's very short. <laughs> And so so you have to be able to pack a lot of information in a short package and a simple form so that they can take away nuggets. And so that's why we did five minutes for life, because we know if you can just take five minutes every single day to get new information, it can literally change your life. So that's why we did it in that format.
1: Well, I already took five minutes, so I guess this show's over.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you gave it, so now you have to take five minutes. <laughs> okay. <and appreciate> it.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to talk about a subject that, of course, isn't funny, but um, we—it's—it's it's a subject that's very relevant to what we all go through at some stage in our lives, and that is the subject of depression. Why do you feel this has become such a major issue worldwide?
2: Well, I think it attributes to 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 two. Major factors, and this is just from Ben's, you know, observation. Uh, one, the world is becoming increasingly more um, uh, uh, closer globally because of the internet, because of of uh, massive amount of information we get from TV and the, the massive amount of news shows. You're bombarded with 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 fear. You're bombarded with with bad elements and bad information and so a lot of that has to do with with this this consistent almost ubiquitous Um, information of just, you know, wars and rumors of wars and this going bad and that going bad and this disease may come. And did you know that Uh, in your refrigerator, seven things that could possibly kill you? you (laughs) And so it's on and on. And so that's part of it. Um, and, And the second part is that as we become more connected virtually, we become less connected as people. And so the reality of real relationships are diminishing, and uh when you live inside of a vacuum uh that's when depression can really get hold of you because the more you withdraw the more you withdraw if that makes sense and so um and and so I heard a statistic that says that that facebook is and i and I'm not a downing Facebook because I like it but um it can really cause. Uh, depression simply because everybody always like you step out your house show your best face.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
2: So everyone's best face on Facebooks look like looks like their family is wonderful and having fun and everybody's so happy and look at that selfie and uh, look at my terrible messed up lonely uh-huh. life. And so uh, those are two. Contributing factors, I think, have a lot to do with the increase of depression. You know, is this this um, you know when we compare ourselves, when we are, when we think that someone else's life is is, uh-huh. is is better than ours, and we think ours is so bad, you know, and we dwell on those things, it's depressive. Um, and there's so many other reasons, but I think those are are really uh, because there's so many roots to those, those things, you know, as far as the amount of information we receive and what type of information we receive on a consistent, constant basis.
1: You really touched on something there when you mentioned Facebook, because I never thought about that before, but you're right. People are constantly putting, it's like watching TV, you know, you you think that that's the perfect life. You watch somebody, you know, and and father knows best, you know, oh my goodness, that was all, all together. And everybody's got a wonderful life except me. And of course, the more that we listen to those lies, the more that we receive those lies, right?
2: Exactly. It's like reality TV. That's not reality. Reality <laughs> TV is about as far as reality as you can get, but it looks real. Right. Right. It's so um, that's the new sitcom is reality TV. You know, so like you're saying, it was the Brady Bunch. And, you know, and most of our most of our family was very far from the Brady mm-hmm, Bunch. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, the Brady Bunch was actually a blended family and they actually had a lot of problems but by the end of the (laughs) episode right everybody worked it out
1: (laughs) and it was always solved that's right and so it was
2: always solved exactly
1: when our problems don't get solved what's wrong with us
2: what's wrong with us you know why can't we why can't i why can't she and so um we have to be careful with the amount of information that we induct into our life you know and uh we really have to make sure that we are monitoring yes what is going into our 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 head our mind our soul our emotions our intellect all those things so yeah
1: now you had problems as a young was it a teenager or before when your problems with depression started
2: they started as a as a as an adolescent so i think probably uh, you know i think if I if I were to be honest, they, I think they've always been there. I think I always battled with it because I was always um, sick. I think it became more prevalent as I got about seven or eight. And that's one of the things that we have to be careful about. We'll, you know, I don't want to get ahead, but to think that little kids, um, four, five, six, seven, um, can experience mm. deep emotional uh, problems because they mask them a lot better. Um, and so we really had to get good at seeing those signs. So I, they start around there, but they really begin to kind of um, take a, a life of its own around seven or eight, nine, because that's I think that's the age where, where kids are really the most atrocious toward one another. And uh, and so that's that was the the catalyst of, of my depression was kids you know, teasing mm. along with my own self image. So it's bullying, teasing, and my own self image. And those things uh together are a dangerous elixir. And so um, you know, I would look at myself and see this ugly, skinny, scrawny, mm. you know, loser of a kid. And then I'd go to school and they would say that they would kind of um stamp that, you know, that look. <laughs> And then, um, you know, I'd get bullied and picked on because, you know, they pick on the frail guy. Right. And so, you know, you have those together. And I, 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 I really, I put in my book. If it wasn't for the offset of information that I received from my family, I, I, I'm sure I wouldn't have made it. But I had so much adoring love coming from my aunts and uncles and mom and dad and brothers and sisters to kind of.
0: Uh-huh. Um,
2: be the antidote many times to that. But what's funny is that, you know, what you what you hear in school and what you get from your peers, mm. many times much stronger than what you get from your family because, you know, of course they're gonna say that they love me. They're my family. Yes. That's my um what else is she gonna say? You know, what is what else is my sister gonna say? And so um those are the lies that we tell ourselves. <laughs> so funny. Um, but it helped (laughs) tremendously.
1: Now, what can, what kind of signs would there be, like you said, seven or eight, which sounds really young, but considering so many families falling apart and probably around that age too, because parents are getting divorced and, and what have you, do you think that that's part of it? And whether it is or not, what signs can family look for like anger or what are the signs?
2: OK, so let me give you some let me give you a, one real a simple statistic and then we'll go into the sign. Uh, I've heard that by the age of seven, most young boys have decided or I should say 80 percent of their personality and who they're going to be when they become a, a man has already been decided. Okay. So uh, by the age of seven, you pretty much formulated who you are as a man. And so that's why. So those early years are so critical. Okay, so we look at look at uh, let's go with teens because I haven't really studied a lot on younger kids. I can tell you my signs, which weren't very prevalent. (laughs) So you'd have to really be close to me. And, uh, you know, back then. Children didn't have depression, so (laughs) it's a different time in the 70s. Um, But with, with teens, so you have teens are can be angry but when you have explosive anger that seems like it doesn't have any um origin that's a sign like whoa where did that come from you know what what is going on it's it's outside of the the scope of their normal personality another uh sign is withdrawal from friends and things that they usually like so if you see them um kind of putting down things or not taking calls from their good friends, Mm. "Mm, something's wrong, you know, Um, uh, new bad habits, you know, a lot of times we just, we can choke those things or chalk those things up as, you know, teens getting into the wrong uh, behaviors or crowds, but many times that's a coping mechanism. So if they're getting into to bad habits quickly, you know, uh, they're, they're trying to cope. So if you got a teenager that never drunk and never smoked and never did drugs and kind of on the straight and narrow, all of a sudden, you know, you're finding stuff and you're, you, you know, uh-huh. that's a huge sign. So those all of those signs are really the biggest signs because they're anti behavior. They're they're opposite of what is normal. Uh, adults see. Teens do things at a higher, like explosive rate. Adults kind of go down the other way. So teens go up, adults go down, hmm. if that makes sense. So adults, you'll see them getting, you know, quieter many times and uh, same type of withdrawal, but, you know, kind of a really deep, dark withdrawal. Oh. Um, you'll see, um, you know, you might come to the house and it's dark or, you know, they're watching dark movies, you know, things like that. So you can, it's a, it's a lot easier to see the signs of, of, uh, of beginning of, of uh, depression in adults and in this teenagers. But when, when you learn the signs, and you can see them a lot more. So teens go up, adults go down. So, you know, there's a more of a lashing out. I'm uh, mad. I'm angry. You know, I'm, I'm sad. And I just, I got, I don't know what to do with this. You know. Those are the things that we want to, and, and what we have to do as adults. And I'll give an antidote, and then we will go to the next question. Is we have to be adult at this time. This is the time that our team needs us to be adult. And what I mean by that is to not meet them, day to day, face to face, you know, and to to back up, think about it, and say, okay, what's going on. And, uh, and and uh, and begin to uh, approach that teen at another time and say, hey, what's happening? You know, that seemed kind of out of place, you know, and begin to huh. uh, show them that you love them, you support them, tell them things like nothing you do can stop me from loving you or That's having right. your back. Right. Nothing you do, you know, is going to make me say I'm done with you. Those things, you know, because they're hearing, remember, we're always, the yes, reason why yeah. we're depressed is we're hearing voices in our head telling us things. And so that voice in that teen is just saying your mom doesn't love you, she doesn't care about you, doesn't understand you, doesn't get you, blah, 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 blah. And so you may even say that, hey, you know, I don't really know what's happening. I can't say that I know exactly what's going on, but I just want you to know that I'm not judging you. I got you. And, and just build that bridge. Be adult um it go a long way
1: instead of getting angry at them
2: exactly instead of getting angry and blowing up and going getting back you know at them and you know i've had enough of you mm-hmm. you know stupid mm-hmm. crap you know and blah 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 that's what i mean exactly
1: do you think that this is why there's such a high suicide rate is it does it stem from depression is that do you think we're
2: well suicide is the second leading cause for teenagers and it and and uh Um, let me give you another statistic here. Okay. Um, the, uh, in, in the general psychology of psychiatry issued a report in June, 2005, stating that major depressive disorder affects approximately 14.8 million uh, American adults. Uh, that's about almost 7% of the, the population of 18 and older, and it increases for youth so depression is without a doubt the major cause for suicide you you cannot commit suicide without being depressed unless oh. it's some type of um um Another mental disorder, like, uh, you know, seeing things, Mm -hmm, you know, uh, more psychotic uh, type disorder. Other than that, that is the reason you feel hopeless. Uh, Suicide results from hopelessness, period. That's it. You feel like this is the only way out. It cannot get better. It's over. It's done. There's no need to be here. It's hopeless. And so if we can... um, induce hope <laughs> into the hearts of someone wow. then that lifeline if anyone even mentions suicide never take it lightly ever 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 take it lightly you begin to monitor that person call that person check on that person never take it lightly and here's some here's some questions suicide if they start saying things like what do you think the bible says about people who kill themselves Ding, 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 ding. Mm. Do you think people who kill themselves go to heaven? Ding, 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 ding. You know, any of those conversations like that, questions like that. Uh, if they're always talking, you know, I was watching this show and, this, you know, what, reading this book and this guy killed himself and everybody was sad. You know, I feel like, you know, if I was to kill myself. Even if they said a joke, no one would even mm-hmm. know I was even alive. Yes. Yes. Even if they're joking, they're there those are signs.
1: It's a call and for so, help.
2: It's a call for help. And we don't want to take it lightly. I I think that there was a time in my life this was in my adult, you know, life, the last time I, I tried attempted suicide, I actually talked to a friend of mine for about three weeks about it. Really? Three weeks.
1: And were you just giving clues or did you actually talk to him?
2: I was actually, I was actually trying to figure out my eternal place.
1: <laughs> like, what's gonna happen?
2: Uh, what's gonna happen is what I was trying to do. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't cognitively giving signs. Subconsciously, I'm sure that those were signs uh, from a subconscious emotional state. Um, but from a cognitive uh, standpoint, I wasn't saying I'm, I want to give him signs. Um, I was hurting deeply, deeply, deeply hurting and, uh, and I was falling very quickly. Um, you know, when depression would hit me, it would be like a vortex and I would fall very quickly. It would happen in about two or three weeks time. So it wasn't, some people have longer stretches. I would have bouts. And so, um, uh, yeah, it was, was I, I talked to, we had, I remember we had probably about three or four talks. And so I think if he would have reached out and, uh, you know, kind of uh, at a 911 type state, I think I probably would have not attempted that.
1: But how do you reach out? I mean, there's there's also a wall, I think, that people put up, even though they may be giving the signs. There's a wall that they put up that they don't want to be um, found out or they you know, it's it's an embarrassment
2: that is a wonderful wonderful question and this is what i say i say if your child okay let me make it that would be a duh how about this if your best friend was standing in front of a bridge and say i'm gonna jump don't try to catch me would you listen to them no of course not if they say you know um if they call you and say, I'm getting ready to kill myself right now, I just thought I'd let you know, but don't come over. I, you know, I don't want to see anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, you, you listen to that. You'd run over there. So to answer that question, who cares? The walls We're about saving lives here. So, yes, of course, they're going to put up a wall. But you got to as a friend who loves them or a mother, father, whoever you are, you got to break that wall. <laughs> You gotta this is a nine one one situation. So what you gotta do is you gotta start reaching out and say, look, you sound like you might be in trouble. We need to we need to connect, and me and you are gonna spend time for the next three days until we together get you out of this state. And you begin to infuse that person with hope. You begin to tell them reasons why they need to be here. People who love them, destiny. Nothing lasts forever. We are not gonna do this you are you are created after God, and He has a purpose for you. I love you, no matter what you say. you know, and when you show that type of aggressive love, it creates a hope, so that that means you gotta drop everything for three days to be on watch for your friend, then you drop everything yeah. for three days and be on watch for your friend. It's just that it's just that simple but that powerful. And so I'm getting kind of emotional here, so I have to give me a second. But I think that if we would attack uh, depression or signs like that, and and because I understand the, the feeling like I don't want to be intrusive, but we're talking about someone's life here. <laughs> and so we have to be intrusive. You know, it's like a doctor. You can, if you shoot yourself or stab yourself and a doctor finds you, you say, I don't want you touching me, that doctor is not going to listen to you because <laughs> he's bound by a higher law. Right.
1: That is a good right? point. Yes.
2: So because he's bound by the by the creed that he took to save your life, no matter what, that's the same creed that we have as, as friends and family is that, you know, you're not in your right mind, even though you think you are. So unfortunately... <laughs> right now, I'm going to have to be, if it takes me and your enemy to save you, that's what I'll be for this moment.
1: Well, that's the tough uh, love part, isn't it?
2: That's the tough love part, right.
1: And not listening to what they're saying, but you're over mm-hmm. overriding it.
2: Yes, exactly. Because they're hurting, so they're not thinking correctly.
1: That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. And is this what motivated you to write your book? Now, I know that your book is a memoir and it's your story, but is is the main motivation because of your own depression and understanding that darkness.
2: Yes, actually, Carol, the, the first, probably third of the book, not even that much is, so it's not a complete memoir. It's kind of an overview. Um, I just wanted to kind of tell my story at the beginning so that the people could know <laughs> that I get it.
1: Mm-hmm, you know, okay.
2: This is not some person talking from a a psychiatry or counseling or pastoral type of you know outward view this is a person that's been through the darkest stage that i believe one can get through several times and and have legitimate quote-unquote legitimate reasons to be there so i wanted to show that you know okay and then i wanted to give answers that regular people (laughs) You know, uh, there's some esoteric parts in there, but that's part of who we are. We're we're natural, we're esoteric, we're all of that together. So there is some language that's esoteric, but I wanted to give really practical answers written in practical language uh, uh, of principles and strategies how to do this, you know, by yourself. In other words, with your own power inside of you. And that that's what's era. exciting
1: about both your book and now your YouTube series is we can help ourselves. Very often when we're in that place in that you know deep depression, you, you feel like you need somebody to, to pull you up. But you can, is what you're saying, if I'm hearing you correctly, that we can, little by little, inch by inch, pull ourselves up.
2: We can. We can. if If we... First, to count the reasons why. And then once we we figure out the reasons why, and then secondly, we make the decision. That's what it starts off with. Everything begins with the decision. Once you decide that I want to, then you understand that there are answers out there and they lie. Uh, Within you, the power lies within you and you connect that with the answers and man, everything changes because, wow, I can actually begin to go through exercises, mental exercises to learn how to overcome this because depression and almost every um, uh, um, emotional. um, What's the word I'm looking for? It'll come back to me, so I don't want to stay too long on there. Uh, is a mental problem. In other words, it's how we think. It's all thinking. It's all thinking. And when we understand it's what we're hearing creates what we think. And what we think creates what we hear. When we understand the power of that. Then we can reboot and begin to rechange our life. Because the brain was designed to be programmed. <laughs> the subconscious was designed to be programmed. It's being programmed every day uh, on, a, on a subconscious level. Right. And When we make that a conscious level, then we can reprogram the brain to be what we want it to be. We are what we are because we believe in what where we are. And it's, it sounds, again, that's the esoteric part, but it's actually the science behind it. There's neuroscience that backs up everything that I'm saying, the brain. Every time that you think something, uh, Carol, every time that you think something um, and you think it a lot, a new neural pathway Mm-mm. is actually formed. Oh, man. Brain. And so you have synapses that are actually being uh formed and connected. There's electronic brain waves. So as you think those, and it's creating grooves in your brain and those grooves in your brain now make a connection and that creates a habit. It creates something in you. So it's not just, you know, Hey, you know, correct thinking. No, this actually goes down to the cellular level, to the, to the, to the level of our, what happens in our brain from a neurological standpoint. And so When I say reprogram, it's actually growing new synapses. Isn't that amazing?
1: That is amazing. And it sounds so easy. (laughs) You You know, know to to reprogram. It is simple. Yes, exactly. Simple. Yeah.
2: The most powerful things in life are simple but not easy. But they become easier the more we do them.
1: It's reprogramming.
2: It's reprogramming. It's reprogramming. I started back doing my push ups because I was working so much. You know, I used to be a very avid, uh, you know, weightlifter and, and all of that. And uh, and I was working so many hours building this business, I hadn't got a chance to. So I started off doing my push ups again. I used to do 100 push ups at a time, you know. I did, man, it was a struggle <laughs> to do 25. Oh, really? <laughs> but, but as I hit them every day, every day, every day, every day. You know, a couple of weeks later, I'm doing 50. A couple of weeks later, I'm doing 60. It's the same thing.
1: Well, we don't have any limits, do we? We just have to we learn don't. how to push ourselves past what we think is our limit. And whether that is in the area of mentally or physically.
2: We're so Personally.
1: powerful. Yes, exactly. Exactly. If we
2: understand how powerful we are, then, man, everything changes.
1: Now, you, I, I forgot the question I was going to ask you. Something along the lines of... Um, how you coped and where there was a turning point. And I can't recall offhand what you were saying, but where where does that come? Like, I realize that you have to make the decision, first of all, right, that you want to, to improve, that you want to change, right. that you don't want to live right. in this dark state. Can you share when that happened with you?
2: You know, what's funny. is that I would like to say, you know, that, you know, it happened years and years ago and uh, and uh, but since then, you know, it's been this upward growth, but it's actually, you know, <laughs> now when it happened, it's been a, an upward growth pattern, of course, and it's quite a quick one. But I'll give you a little background just okay. quickly before that and then and then we'll get into when it happened because we talked you you had mentioned when we talked before the interview about embarrassment and uh and this world of loneliness that we live in especially as leaders and that is part of what kept me in my cage or locked up so many years is embarrassment, you know, uh, as a as a pastor, as a father, um, as a business owner, I'm supposed to be the strong one. Mm. I'm teaching people and I'm on stage and speaking and all these things. And so what do I why I shouldn't be going through this? I shouldn't be dealing with this anymore. This should not be happening to me. I should be better than this. And so, you know, And then on top of that, and I just, I have to speak from my experience. Other people have other experiences, you Uh know, a lot of my world exists of of the church, you know, and so inside the the church world and and the family world is kind of close, close like it, akin to it, is there's this almost, it's almost like a bad word, depression, because You know, you're walking with God and, Uh you know, you have all this stuff and you have the word and, you know, we're, you know, walking by faith and not by sight and so on and so forth. And and so you're not supposed to be depressed. Right. Or, you know, how could how dare you be depressed? Look at all the stuff that you got. You got a car and there's kids in India that are starving. Uh So you almost feel guilty for being depressed, you know? So it's like, how dare you be depressed, you know? You live in the greatest country in the world. So, you know, all these, these things together make it hard for people to step forward and say, because um, I, I remember a good friend of mine, you know, he had he literally picked me up from the hospital. And he said, you know, why didn't you tell me, you know, I, 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 I wouldn't have judged you. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, you would have. Hmm. Yeah, you would have. You would have set me down. You would have said, Pastor, you got to sit down. You know, you need to get get it together. Yeah, you would have. You may not have judged me, you know, as maybe someplace in your heart as a friend, but you would have judged me. You would have took my stature from you. you would have. You would have. You would have made me step back from my position of leadership. You would have judged me. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. And so these are the things that um, that we deal with. <laughs> And so Which um, makes
1: it harder actually.
2: Not easy. Which easier. makes it extremely hard. And so it's about five years ago, I I think when I had my last issue. And and uh and I just you know, coming out of the hospital and people, you know, my family and people picking you up and I you know, I literally got chided by just about everybody. I didn't have I heard I didn't have people come to me and say, you know, um I'm sorry this happened to you. You know, I'm sorry I didn't see the sign. I love you. I had people say, you scared us so much. How could you? Uh Family, friends, everybody. I got chided by everybody, Carol. And so these are the things that, yeah, yeah. I got spanked for it, you know. So these are the things that we we deal with. And so um, it's no wonder people feel isolated. Because even after it, I'm coming. I'm like... (laughs) You know, I had to be in the mental ward mm-hmm. for this thing. I'm the one in the hospital, <laughs> and you know, you're telling me, you know, bad me for scaring you. And I, get, I mean, I get what they're saying. Yes, you know, I, I do get it. But I'm just saying, that's just you could have kept that to yourself, or you know, I mean <laughs> that's not, not helping me. Thanks for you know, no getting thanks. me back in the depression. You know. <laughs> I'm de- even more depressed. You can turn you around know. and walk
1: right back in, you know.
2: <laughs> hey, I'm embarrassed and depressed, yeah. you know. So I'm <laughs> all embarrassed, you know. And uh, yeah, so uh, I uh, and I and I remember when I was uh, I was in the hospital, you know. And uh, the people that at the hospital are awesome, but you know, I didn't I didn't give anybody any name. I wouldn't give them any name. So I was there for three days you know my 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 good friend he literally found me. I gave no one uh permission to see me because mm. I didn't want deal with yes, I didn't want yes. deal with that, which I knew I was gonna deal with one, I even was mad I failed that's <laughs> how yeah messed up you are
1: okay I've okay. heard that oh, before yes, yeah.
2: so you have all these things going through you uh but then. I made a decision. You know what? I do have things to do, and there's other people that are going through what I'm going through, and went through all this pressure that I went through in this isolation um, because they're they're supposed to be the leader, the strong one. They're supposed to be this and that. And so, and literally like two years later, all these stars, you know, Robin Williams and. And uh, forget the other gentleman's name, actor. Yes, uh, I know what
1: you mean. I can't think of it either. yes
2: three three names, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, blonde guy, comedian, and you know, and 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 you know, and and uh, and the guy from Soul Train, just all these guys.
1: You yes. Know.
2: And uh, and and I know why. <laughs> You know, I put a video out, and I'm gonna redo it because I I redid my videos and made them more professional. Once you see, I had some out that I did earlier, and I took okay. down because I at a certain level. But you know, I know what happened to Robin Williams, and basically, I laid out the, what I what we just talked about right now. And so, the leadership dilemma, and uh, and so I made a decision. I'm not gonna do that any longer. Uh, that I'm that I have a purpose, and I have a destiny, and I'm gonna live this destiny out and uh, And my God spoke to me, and he said, "You know uh, the same principles that you found it to to get free from all these things addiction and so on when you were young uh, those same principles apply to whatever you know yes. it's, it's it's a strategy the principles simply are things that never change right that you apply and you get the same result if you apply them correctly." And so um, I'm talking fast because I I know we're nearing here, so I want to get this out. So those same principles and strategies are are universal. Um, They 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 apply to the universe. They apply to the to the earth. They you know there's certain laws that are placed Uh into into the law of cause and effect and the law of gravity. And, and so you have what's called the law of the mind. And, and we talked about that earlier, the law of the mind simply says that what I hear on a consistent basis becomes uh, and formulates who I am. And so I can, I can change who I am by hearing something different on a consistent basis. The voices that I say to myself uh-huh. and the voices that I said to me. So you have to learn to shut off voices that are not congruent with what your plan is for your life, your destiny. And you have to, whether that's your voice or other people's voice or voices on the TV, if it's not congruent to what you know is the road in which you are supposed to travel, you have to begin to shut those voices. And then the other part of that is you have to begin to hear things that are congruent with the destiny that God has in mind for you. And you begin to say that to yourself. You begin to hear other things that that affirm that, and you hear that on a consistent daily basis. That alone will ch- will change uh, everything in your life, and it, you'll be amazed at how quickly things will begin to change as you shut off negative, wrong voices, and you and you turn on positive, powerful, right voices on a consistent basis your life will radically change and so i no longer allowed myself quickly so those thoughts begin to come you pull them down quickly and you do that and i'll give one exercise here for for people uh because words are more powerful than thoughts in other words if i'm thinking something and i say something that thought is interrupted right so if i'm whatever i'm thinking if i say darn it that thought stops so we're talking about change our life. So we begin to do things differently that may be uncomfortable. So if we have a thought in our brain that says it's not going to work out, it never, it's never going to work out. And then you interrupt that thought by saying, oh, yes, it is. If it takes two years, this thing's going to work out because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. This thing is going to happen because I'm full of positivity, I'm full of energy, and I'm a powerful being. Created in the image of God, and so you 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 do that, and you begin to make that a habit. You'll begin to 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 uh to remap your your life. That's that's the book in a nutshell. It gives exact examples and different areas on how to do that. But that's that's pretty much what the book shows you how to do.
1: That's what my next question was, so you were ahead of me. One of the things that I wanted to address when you were talking about the voices, and I think I shared this with you in the first interview, and it's, it's a, uh, a motto, a mantra that I have incorporated into my thoughts for decades, and that is, when you buy the thought, you buy the lie. That's awesome. <laughs> but it That's also awesome. work, it works the other way, too. That's the negative side. You buy the thought, you buy the truth. That's it. That's it's what you side. decide, you know, and that's when you're in the middle of it. It's not that easy, is it? No, but it's I,
2: not. But like we said, it gets easier. Yes. Once it becomes a habit, it's a habit. And you actually you'll you'll find yourself doing it on a, habitually once you start doing it every day, every time. You can't relax on it.
1: You have to you make can't it, let conscious it happen sometimes.
2: You can't. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be conscious and it has to be consistent. And like I said in the book, depression is really a chronic negative thinking problem. Hmm. It's a chronic negative thinking problem. In other words, you are always thinking about negative bad things. Depression is a series of negative thoughts run amok over time, creating an emotional effect. And then what happens is when you have that emotional effect, you release certain emotions. Chemicals yes. into your body.
1: Yes.
2: When you do that on a consistent basis, you create a chemical imbalance. And so, yes, it can get to the point where it's chemical, but it's because it's it's been a consistent dripping of those chemicals into your system. The brain literally works by releasing chemicals into the body. Whatever it is, whether it's happiness or sadness or depression or whatever it is, it, that is those are chemical releases, right? Yes. And so you you change your habit of thoughts and you can actually change your your chemical balance.
1: And we're go ahead. Were you finished or?
2: Yeah. And I was going to say one other thing and then and then I'll let you interject. Uh, And and endorphins are, of course, just chemical uh, chemicals known as neurotransmitters that pass along signals from one neuron to the next. So an endorphin is released and and it's passed on from one neuron to the next and then released into your body. It's so we're, when we're talking about. It, like I said, there's an esoteric part, but there's also a very scientific, natural part to it. And I want people to know that so they won't think that we're talking crazy. <laughs> so <laughs> these guys are they're way out there, man. They're deep, dude.
1: <laughs> now you made me forget what I was going to ask you. I'm sorry. No, no. What I wanted to ask you is when someone is struggling, And they're, you know, they're they're really struggling, like you were mentioning about people who are contemplating suicide and they're throwing out those, you know, those those little signs saying that I need help. And on the other hand, you were talking about what we need to do to help ourselves, to pull ourselves up. There's a fine line there. You know, oh, yeah. between yes. people who are really trying and struggling to help themselves and constantly fall to those who can't help themselves at all. So, do you understand what I'm trying to, to get at yeah, here? I do.
2: I get okay, it. Okay, so why it.
1: don't you address it? You probably can say it better than the way I'm trying to ask it.
2: Well, you know, one of the things that... And I can't speak to everybody because we all have different levels. So I can only speak to what I've studied and what I know about myself. And, you know, we're all, you know, humans are connected in, in one way or another. And so we, we all go through the same things at 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 one level or another. So um, I think w- the people I talk to that I... That I am, I believe, being used to talk to are those people that are at a point where it's deep and it's dark, but they still have enough power to make a change. I can't really speak to someone that is so far that um, I don't know if they have the power in themselves. Uh, so, in other words. Um, if someone is at a point where they are uh, depressed to the point where they don't feel like they have the power, my, I would urge them to have the courage to reach out because people need them and they are here for a purpose. As hopeless as it may seem, that is a lie. Uh, it's never hopeless. It is never over. Mm-hmm. It's never done. And so you have to reach out to someone and say, "I feel like I'm done." and so uh-huh. I, and so I'll say it again, it's never over. That's why you you'' that's why you're you're being used so much, Carols, because your mantra is never give up hope, never, ever, ever, because it's never over. And so when you understand that, have the courage and that with the last bit of power, you have to reach out and say, I'm falling (laughs) quickly. I need you. And there's someone in your life that's going to hear your 911 call. Don't Mm. say it to dumb people and to the idiots you have in your life. (laughs) Say it to the to the smart people that you have in your life. You know,
1: hopefully Uh, there's some
2: there. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully there's some because you know there's a, there's always one. There's always uh-huh. one. You, you you may have to go through your mental rolodex, but there's one always. Because God will always have an angel for you, always, always, always. I know that with all my heart that God has an angel for everybody. It may not be the closest person, you know, to you, but there's an angel in your life. I have a chapter in, in my book called My Angels, and I I I thankfully I had a lot of them because I needed a lot of them. Um, but there's an angel
1: and you're still here
2: and I'm still here. Exactly. And so, um, that's what I would say to that person. Um, I would say to myself that, um, I now have a friend that I've committed to, um, being real with. And so I had the courage Uh and the decision to do that, to be able to say, look, um i'm struggling you know if i get to that point um and so those two things combined together you can't in other words you just got to be real about it like i said i was reaching out subconsciously so but you got to make a decision if i get to this point because if you're at the point where you're not you know falling where you're almost where you can't get up and you're you know you're you're ready to to just say forget it then you can make that decision before that happens say you know what i'm gonna make a decision that to put someone in my life that i can reach out to connect with and say and go to that person ahead of time before you get to that point you know say look you know i battle with depression sometimes i don't know if you know it but this is the severity of it whatever that is and so i'm making a commitment to you uh To come to you if I get to that point where it's really dark, can you make the commitment to me to look for signs Mm -hmm. and I give you permission to come into my life and intrude if you see those signs, even if I'm kicking and screaming, you know. So uh, if you do that ahead of time, then I I think uh, I'm sure that you'll have success. Does that answer the question?
1: Yes, that answers the question. And, you know, I was going to ask you to summarize, but I think you just did. Okay. Okay. And that that was a very good uh, synopsis of basically everything that you said, and you answered more questions than I had asked, which is... Okay. Questions that were. Nobody took up too much time. You can always no,
2: edit it if I take up too much time. No,
1: no, no. Questions that are what I'm saying are the questions that you don't think of asking until you start talking about this subject, and I think we ba- barely scratch the surface.
2: Barely scratch the surface. Yeah. I, 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 that's what I feel like. I said, man, there's so much I want to share. There is. That's, and you, that's why I wrote the book.
1: You know what we're going <laughs> yes, to have yes. to do? We're going to have to do this again, is what it comes down to. So be thinking yep. about that. Um, yes. This is an area that is serious. It is an area that touches virtually everyone at some point in their own life yes. or in yes. in a life of someone that's close to them. It is an area that people struggle with. It's an area where people um, want to give up. They don't think that there is any help out there. They're grasping. There are those people who walk around with a smile on their face all the time and you don't know the pain that they're really covering up. I mean, there are so many shades of this. Um, it's yeah, we should call it the Fifty Shades of Depression. You know, might get right. might that's, get more recognition. Really you know, might get more recognition. But it is it you is don't a, do a video like that. There the you Fifty
2: go. Shades of Depression. That's good.
1: <laughs> okay, I okay. <laughs> that was my. I'll idea. give you credit for it. <laughs> I'll give you credit for throwing over. <laughs> oh, I just that just popped in. That was good. We like that. We have to take those nuggets so we can get them, right? Yes,
2: exactly. Thank like you, that.
1: Ben. It has been a delight, a pleasure, informative, motivating, uplifting, encouraging. What else can I say? I thank you. And we will definitely do this again. Be thinking about other things that we can talk about in this area. And please, as listeners, Ben is open to questions. He's open to you know contacting him, to answering your questions, to giving you encouragement. His video series on YouTube is only five minutes. That's all it is. And it'll give you nuggets that you can take and dwell on. However, how often do you do this? Like weekly or
2: Weekly. Yep. Okay. We put out one so weekly. Yep.
1: There you go. So you can have your weekly dose Wednesday. of an yeah. antidote that we really do need. So we thank you again.
2: I just want to say one Thanks. thing, uh, Cheryl, what I'm, what I'm excited about. And I, first of all, I want to thank you uh, for the opportunity. Because uh, your audience is a very, extremely, very important audience. So you are doing a massive work. So um, I just got the book in regular book form. So it's both an e-book form. Okay. And they can order it as a book. And I'm working on putting it in the Audible right now. So it's in every format. Okay so that people can get it. So I just wanted to make sure that, because last time we met, it was just an e-book form. Okay. So I'm very excited for Absolutely.
1: that. Absolutely. All right. Thank you for for sharing that. Also uh, on the show notes will be all your contact information, et cetera, as of course, my listeners are, are fully aware of, and they can contact you through the website as well. So I thank you, Ben, and we will do this again. And it's been a and a pleasure god bless you thank you you too
0: thank you for listening to never ever give up hope featuring carol graham did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to quitting was never an option carol loves your comments and will respond to each one